Well, welcome to Out of Your League. Uh, no John Wilkin, Mark, this week uh, again. I think you might have left the podcast, actually, Mark. We'll have to have a yeah, word. Hopefully, yeah, hopefully, you see, yeah. He's your business partner, isn't he? Is he? Have you heard from him at all? I saw him briefly today. He was uh, in between errands, delivering bread around Manchester, full of flour. Uh, unfortunately, he left pretty quickly, so I didn't get a chance to speak to him. Mm, no change there. Um, and look, this week, we've got Leon and Will Price. Two for the price of one, Mark. Get it? Ha, 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 I'm looking forward to this one because um, it's a great story. and Everyone knows about Leon's career and everyone I'm sure will know about Will's career uh, in the future if they don't already because he's taken to Super League by, by well, he's taken Super League by storm, I should say. Um, but yeah, no no John Wilkin. Leon, we should start by saying, you, you, mean, you played at Saints with John. You played uh, England GB with him as well. Any Wilkin tales to tell while he's not here to defend himself because I think that's the best place to do it. Oh, no, not really. Wilco's um, a little bit out of my league. He likes hanging around with the big times. I mean, he's a bit of a snobby kind of guy. He's all the sponsors, the executives, anybody that's hung up <laughs> in the game. Whereas I'm just, I'm a bit of a down-to-earth guy. I keep myself to myself. So he's he's a little bit out of my, my social circles. <laughs> it's a good answer. It's a very good answer. They used yeah. to call him the schloozer because he was just Number one all the time. Yeah. Oh, yeah, and that's why he's moved to Cheshire, leafy Cheshire. He's from yeah. obviously he's from like, all original league circles. He's a bit of an ex- executive guy, yeah. Yeah, uh, <laughs> yeah. Professional solicitors, accountants, anything like that. He's he, he's he's got his legs hanging out of their asses at, at this time. <laughs> Will, it's great to have you on, mate. Um, look, I mean, f- before we talk about anything more serious, have you actually heard of John Wilkin? Because I'm interested to 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 know what the teenagers <laughs> think of John Wilkin if he's if he's still relevant these days. Uh, no, not many at Boy speak about him around. Um... Around the hill, but obviously he's good mates with my dad. With him and he played at Saints. <laughs> obviously, I know know John through him, and and um, he's always nice when I speak to him. So I don't have any bad words. <laughs> yeah, <good lad. laughs> we'll we'll loosen him up. We'll loosen him up, uh, Mark, throughout the next hour. Um, look, Will, I said I said taking Super League by storm. You made your debut at eighteen, so that was what only as we're recording now, end of August, you, you, first of first of July against Catalan Dragons. You've gone on to play, you know, ten games, four tries, four assists. It must be, before we talk about keeping your feet on, on the ground and all that nonsense and all the boring stuff, it must be amazing. It must feel so exciting for you right now. Oh, yeah. Um, just buzzing. It's uh, really overwhelming and um, very grateful to get the opportunity and just, just try, to, try to do it um, and fulfil it as best as I can and just and not, not dip my toe in and go, and go full on with it. So, yeah, um, really buzzing to be where I am at the moment and just to keep progressing um, is what, what I... What I want to carry on doing. Mm. Leon, you, you were commentating, weren't you? Because that clip kind of went everywhere when uh, Will scored against Wigan, his first Super League try, which was an incredible moment. And I think you had to ground yourself a little bit because you, you just thought you had to be neutral and you couldn't really show too much emotion. But what was that like, Leon? Um, not just, not actually, the, you know, the commentating on it, but that moment for you must have been so special. Yeah, great, yeah. It's fantastic, yeah. It's like one, one, something you always dream of is... Obviously, I brought William up around rugby. He's always been to training with me to the games. You know, he's been my number number one fan, so to speak. So he's always been around the game, and then he's always played since he was five at West Bowling. And then when we moved to France, he played for like the the, the Catalan team around near, near the area where we we played. And when we came back to England, he's played for for West Bowling and Siddle. So he's always played rugby. He's always been around to the games. Always gone to every game. Always watched the game. So in the back of your mind, I'm always thinking. I wonder if he could ever make it full time. Super League. I wonder if he could do it. And 
you know, to see the progression and to see a lot of struggles, but to not, it's not being handed on a plate to him. He's had to really, really work for it to get to where he is. Mm. And to finally get that first try as well against Wigan and I'm at the game and commentating, it's a bit surreal, really, but you kind of I'm trying to keep a lid on it because I'm commentating and don't want to sound like an absolute lunatic. Well, crackers, <laughs> which is what I would have done if I'd just been sat with my family. But um, yeah, they probably tried to downplay it a bit too much. Well, you're damned if you do and you're damned if you go. So it's just the fact that he did it, that's all that matters uh, because then he's yeah. proven to himself and to everybody else that, he, well, to himself mainly, that he can do it. He can do it at the top level. Score tries, play against Wigan at 18. It's not something that everybody does. So yeah, we're, we're all absolutely, absolutely delighted. Yeah, I think it's really interesting that because I've I've probably got a, a similar kind of experience to Will because um, I don't really go on about it around Oldham, but my dad was a much better player than me and <laughs> played for Oldham and, and Great Britain. And it was a bit of a legend around where I came from. So I know what it's like to have a, a dad that, you know, re- excelled in, in the sport. Uh, and it's got a bit of a name. So I can imagine when Will was coming up, it's you're quite proud that you're from like a, a rugby league family, like like the Prices, and uh, you're very proud. Of, you, you would have been very proud of your, your dad and your uncle and everything that they did, but you probably, quite selfishly, you you want to make your own name in the game. You want to define your own career and, and not be labelled as, as 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 just some Leon's son, as I was. I'm still Terry Terry Flanagan's son in Oldham around these parts. I'm <laughs> nearly 34, um, so I think yeah, it's, I think you end up trying that bit more, and you kind of you've always got a point to prove. Uh, and to, to doing what you're doing at 18, will is, is incredible. But then I also see what what it's like as as, as Leon. I've you know I've, I've got my own two year old son, and everyone says to me, "What are you going to take him to the rugby? He's going to be a rugby player like you." And I kind of think, yeah, I'd love to take him to rugby, and I'd love him to do whatever he wants. And if that is rugby. Um, then great, but if he wants to play something else, I, I bet you you were probably you were, you're quite protective of of Will, weren't you, Leon? As growing up, because you knew the pressure he might be under, and you probably don't want your son to be burdened with un, un, unreal expectations sometimes. Yeah, well, I think from my own observations, I think when I've watched um, parents that are really pushy and really over the top, it's usually the people that have never ever played top line professional sports. So a lot of parents sometimes live their dreams through their children. Well, I don't need to, I didn't need to, I've not needed to, William's not had to do anything, so I've not had to live my life through him, he's seen it firsthand. And the best thing is he's seen the ups, but he's also seen the downs. So, you know, some people look at it with rose tinted glasses where they think that professional sports are all fantastic, and it's really not, is it, Flash? Right, no, got, it's not, it's tough. tough. It's not all, you know, what people see is probably the top 10, 5, 10% of the end products, but you don't see all the, uh, the miserable down days that you have, the sore, the tiredness, the injuries, the pressure, the, the nerves, the build up to games, the after games, not being able to sleep. There's a bit, you know, the hard work, out of form, out of confidence, fall out of your coach, losing games at clubs. There's, there's a bit, there's a lot more to it just standing on the field and, and winning. So William seeing the bad side of it as well as the good, which for me, I think when you have that perspective, then you know you can make him kind of figure out a lot better for yourself. So I've just guided him, I've pushed him. My number one thing to him has always been you make a name for yourself. I'm not living my life through you. If you don't want to play rugby, stop now. If it's too much, stop. I'm always gonna be proud of you, my son. Rugby is just a game, you know, but our relationship and how you live your life is far important, more important to me than a bleeding game. You know, I'd rather you start trouble, start trouble, do well in your exams, do well in school and be level headed and be, you know, 
like my dad's trying to guide me right away, just to, you want every every dad wants the son to not be in trouble, not to get hurt, just and to, and to have a good living, work hard and make a living for yourself and, and put eventually get a roof over your head until he moves out of here and my our our house and I've got to make sure as a dad I'm just protecting him. So rugby's secondary. Uh, but at the moment, our main passion in life, as it always has been, is rugby. So to see him excelling in that, then it's just, it's a dream come true, really, for a dad. It's, it's the icing on the cake. Will, this is all weird for you, isn't it? Because we're, t- we're talking like you're not in the room, mate, and you are here. <laughs> and it's time to have your say. I mean, look, Mark mentioned, I think, or your dad mentioned there about West Bowling at the age of five. And then, of course, you, you know, when your dad moved to South of France, you followed him down and saw what it was like down there with Catalan Dragons, etc. I mean, Mark mentioned being the son of a, a rugby league superstar and you're in the same shoes. Mark wouldn't have had any respect from his father had he not played rugby league. He would have taken him up to Saddleworth Moors and buried him with all the other bodies that are knocking about up there as well. So <laughs> did that, he tell that's you the that? kind of route that... He told you that? Yeah, one? no, he did. He did tell yeah, me that. Yeah, yeah, he did tell me that. Yeah, but I mean, not. Will, did you feel like you had options or from your point of view? Because I always find sometimes in sport, the pushy dads don't think they're pushy, Leon. So let's see what Will says. Did, did you wow. feel that you had options when, <laughs> when you were a, a, a kid or did you feel like you, you wanted and had to not following your dad's footsteps, but make yourself a name in the game as well? Um, no, not, not really. Um, like he's already said, but when I was younger, like coming through the age of like around like 11, 12, when I was just starting high school, his main, my main priority were, were, to be good, were to do good in school and to make sure that mm. when I leave school, I had my, my exams and, and got all my, uh, all my grades were good. So for that, realistically, like, from the age of like 11 to 16, it was to make sure that school would come first and rugby would come second. If I wasn't doing good in school, then I probably wouldn't get to go play rugby on a weekend, which luckily enough for me, it's not rugby. Rugby wasn't something that they had to push me to do. I really enjoyed it. I really enjoyed it. And mm. um, I, won't, I won't be playing, I won't be playing Super League and I won't be playing where I am now. Um, if I didn't enjoy it, you know, you see me when I'm playing Super League now, I'm, even though I'm young, I'm still wanting to get crowd involved and, and jump around with all boys and just have, have a good laugh because for me, that's what mm. that's what it's all about. And although it's serious, it's about enjoying myself out there and, and making most of it. So even before I was five, I was going to going to training with him at, when he was at Bradford and going to training with, with him when he was at Saints. Um, it's just been a passion that I've really enjoyed in, instead of like a chore for me, really. So um, I've been quite lucky in that sense. Mm. Will, do you remember a moment because you you must have seen so many great things and you've seen your dad playing some incredible games and you know Wembley Stadium and big stadiums all around the all around the world. But do you remember a moment when your eyes first lit up when it came to rugby league and you thought this is for me? Um, I remember once when I was younger, um, just before we left for France, when my dad when my dad was still at Saints and he played against Wigan in the derby. I remember it because he talks about it all the time. So. Um, <laughs> he's probably got he's probably got about five five videos on Instagram of it. All his highlights. So um, <laughs> yeah, he kicked he kicked a forty twenty, and then they got a scrum, and he scored off the scrum at, at Wigan. Um, yeah, and that that one clip really were a really good moment for him. And um, even I like watching that video back, and <laughs> <laughs> even though I hate to, no even though I hate to say it. So listen, I'll always be the big dog. I'll always be the big dog. I'm the big dog. Don't ever forget it. No, get to yeah, that, that one. That one's the the one. one a really um a really good video to watch and really um epitomizes what what it's all about. Really, when you hear and Mark, you, look, you've been coached by Ian Watson. When you hear Ian Watson, my ears pricked up when he said, "Look, he, he's he's got the potential to be a similar player to Sam Tompkins." And you know, Sam Tompkins is a very very talented player. 
I, I, I take it, Will, you don't want to be Sam, the next Sam Tompkins. You want to be the next Will Price because the way you're going, you know, the world is your oyster. But that is, that's high praise, isn't it, at your age? Oh, yeah, definitely. I mean, um, if you look at if you look at Sam now getting further on into his career, he's probably still one of, if not the best player in Super League at the moment. And um, for me personally, he's always been um, an idol on the rugby pitch to watch. And even now, me and my dad still talk about him and look at what he's doing now. And um, even what he was doing at the start of his career when he was my age and when he come onto the scene, he, he were un, he were unplayable at, at times. So to hear that from Watto, it's it's really humbling and. To be honest, he probably won't ever say that to me face to face because he likes he likes to likes me to to work <laughs> hard and and um and all, in all fairness, he gives me praise when I need it. But um, yeah, man management is great, and he always talks to me about working hard and little things I can improve on and and work on and and learn from. And even in the games like like last night, um, we chatted after the game and just talked about little little things I can work on for the next week or whenever I play again. So it's really nice to hear from him and and. Um, yeah, it's a really, hum- really humbling. He never I gave you praise, Mark, did he? He, he just no, blew your legs off all the time. Point, yeah. <laughs> Five years, I got my legs blown off by him. But um, I think Will's probably in a really um, unique and great position with where he's at at the minute at Huddersfield because um, he's got Ian Watson, who is, is one of the co- smartest coaches I've ever worked with, who used to be a halfback. And I know Luke Robinson's doing a lot of work there uh, at Huddersfield. And they were two players who pro- I think got smarter during the careers when they played, especially Luke, and the very, very smart coaches on the way that half halfbacks are supposed to work in terms of fixing defenders, how to ball play, timing, depth. And what I've seen from Will from the few games I've managed to watch him was that he's naturally an instinctive player where he's, he's prepared to take on the line. A lot of young halfbacks come into the game and they play too far off the line. They don't commit defenders. They don't want to get the shirt dirty. But what I've seen from, from Will is he's really prepared to take on the line and, and test defenders and you know that natural instinct and natural ability, uh, paired with you know some some wiry, wily old foxes in in Watson and and, and Luke Robinson, and, and obviously his dad. He's he's got a really good really good uh, opportunity to to, um, to to build a nice career there at eighteen years old. Mm. Leon, if we could be really nosy, what is your relationship like with you and Will? Because um, I mean, it looks fantastic, and look, Will's obviously got his head screwed on. Everyone from the outside, you'd imagine, will be saying, "Oh, you've got to keep him grounded," and so on. So, on. have you have you found that you've had to do that? And how how do you go about doing that and manage that situation when he's such a big talent for the future, but you need to be one step at a time? Yeah, I think um, relationship wise, I'd say I've, I'm the hard one on him. I'm, I'm, I'm really hard on him, um, but I've got no problem doing that. If he don't like me for it, one day he'll thank me for it. I hope, just like I thank my dad for it now, because he gets a bit too big for his boots. He'll definitely still not too big to get a clip. I will clip him right around his head. No, his mum is a mummy's boy. He's a mummy's boy. His mum absolutely oh, spoils him rotten and idolises him. And I've got to be the one that's, that, that stays tough on him. I've just got to. I've got to tell him straight. And mm-hmm. but at the same time, I don't. Between me and Wales, it's like this is just what it is. It's not personal. If you miss a tackle or you're in the wrong position or you've not worked hard enough or you've not done this. That's the game. That don't mean it's anything personal. You know, I think for me growing up, playing rugby, you play rugby, you go that field for 80 minutes, you turn into a different person. Um, and whatever goes on that field, it's not personal. It doesn't mean you're a bad person. It's just that game is what you know what you need to talk about. And then when it's done, we'll have a chat about it and get on with life. But, um, I'm, you know, a few guys who've got kids, I'm not, we're no different. I just want him to do well in, on the field, off the field. And I've just got to try and guide him. And I'm, 
I've messed up loads in my life and you know, I parent it into the artist topic world. Right? I find it hard not to make mistakes every day. I'm an idiot at times, but I've still got to try and show my son the right way, the right path. If, if that's, that's, my, that's my main job in life now. My days are done. It's just I just wanna I just want the best for him as any dad does. <laughs> I think I think at 18 years of age as well, to, to go into a rugby league dressing room and be playing every week, you've got, got to grow up really quickly. So a lot of lads who are Will's age might be, you know, going on the piss all the time or they might be doing this, they might be doing that. When you go into a rugby league environment, it's just full of alpha males and you've just got to grow up really quickly or you just get found out. So I'm sure, you know, you've got to be accountable, you've got to be honest, you've got to own up to your mistakes, whether that's missing a tackle or being late for training. There's nowhere to hide and... Um, I, I remember going into a dressing room at 18, 19, 20, and I think you go from a kid to a man very quickly, and I think it's 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 hard to it's it's hard to do at times, but I think it's the best thing for you. I was going to say to Will, well, yeah, what's that like? You know, that Mark Mark said that. I mean, Wilco said it loads on this podcast before as well that when he was at Saints and obviously there was expectation on him and he was there as a kid, there were some people who just weren't having him and they looked at him and they were just like, "Get the fuck out of here, mate! You're not you're not you know you're not going to make it." Have you had that sort of, you know, have you had lurking eyes in the dressing room at Huddersfield and on the training ground? Um, no, I, I wouldn't say so. I think, obviously, when I when I first come in around January time, it's probably one of the nurse, most nervous I've ever been in, in, in my whole life. I was I were shitting bricks, to be honest, and I didn't really know what was going to come from it. Um, <laughs> one, me and one of my other good mates who flash knows, um, Fenton Rogers, me and him went in at the same time. So, yeah. lucky, lucky enough for me... Um, me and me and Fenny are really close, and we always have been since we were about fifteen. So, um, lucky for for me, we, me and him kind of stuck with each other for the first couple of months, and and he's he's um, I back him in 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 a, in a scrap. To be fair, so if anybody started, he'd usually start back on them, especially in training. I've seen it. I've seen it in first. I've seen it a few times where he's just gone and take taken people's heads off in training, and um, you won't do no, that. No, I, I won't do you that. So do that. I won't do that. So um, for me, for me, we're more about just. Just learning and listening to what people say. You know, if I do something wrong and someone sprays me, that's just that's just rugby. Get on with it, and um, it's not personal. So, if someone were to spray me, and I've been sprayed loads of times, um, you just you just take it on chin and learn from it. That's that the, the, the whole experience for me is to just um, make mistakes and learn from them, and and um, and just keep improving. Yeah, go on, Liam. What were you going to say, mate? I was just saying. I was I was just trying to say like. My the way that I grew up in Bull, I came through Bradford Bulls in '96, '97, and the guys I had to come through into the first team changing room were Brian McDermott, James Law, Stuart Spruce, Bernard Dwyer, uh, Matt Callens, Warren Jowett, and just if you came into that first team environment, first first team change room with any kind of ego, you thought you were good. You come even with an half decent pair of trainers or an haircut that were a little bit flashy, they would kick you out and you won't be in the change rooms and you won't come through. And if you were a kid and you had something to say back to them, you did you get punched? You get absolutely smashed. So that's how I grew up. Uh, you respected your elders. You showed them that you respected them, and you earned the respect by playing playing good, training hard, kept your mouth closed, and just did what you were told. And um, I've kind of tried to give that to Wills. Like, listen to listen to your senior players. Be quiet. Shut up and listen. And um, yeah, I think the old school mentality is probably gone now. I don't know what it's like when I was caddy at all FC. 2015, 16, it was just, it would go in, you know, the world changes, the game changes uh, and you move on and adapt. But I think it's all good to have a few old, old school traits. Mm. Look, I, I want to get on to those Bradford Bulls days because, I mean, they are just incredible moments for you. And I, I want to talk about those and reminisce a bit. But Will, I know you've said 
you've been compared to your dad your whole life and obviously you know the position you're playing as well at the moment there are similarities but you're your own player as well I, I read a quote I think from you saying that you've been told you're the, the only reason you are where you are today is because of your dad so there, there, there are going to be plenty of people throwing sticks around like, like that on there oh yeah definitely I've had that um, since I was about 11 when, when it started to get really competitive in amateur rugby there's been players there's been parents that have come up to me and said stuff to me there's fans in every game I've played so far that have said stuff to me um, people on social media there's everything it could, all sorts all sorts get said but um, I take no notice of it you know I've I've worked hard enough to get where I am where I am now and um, you know just because he's pushed me and he's helped me and luckily enough for me he's been there and done it all and and um, it can give me advice, which maybe some other parents can, which, which is which is awesome for me. You know, it's never been him who's gone out and gone gone and, and lifted weights or gone and done running sessions on a field or um, gone and done it on on the field when I've done it. So for me, it's about if if someone has something like that to say to me, it's you, you can go, you can come go watch yourself. It's it's been me who's done it. I've people. He can give me as, as much help as he wants, but as soon as it comes onto a pitch, it's it's me by myself and. Um, I'm sure if it were if it, if I were only here because of him, then I'd be found out pretty quick. Does it motivate you that well, like hearing yeah, that? Because yeah, I know it did for me. Like my, my old man wasn't as good as Leon, but he, he was he was a decent player. But anyone who used to say that, it used to really fucking get on my tits. And then like, <laughs> the, especially in a game or a training, it just you know just spur you on a little bit. And I think yeah, probably until I've you know reached the, the top of my career, it's probably motivated me a little bit. Um, I, I don't want to speak too much, but I think we've had the opposite. If I'm speak honestly and truthfully, I think there's been times when, because he has been my son, people have been a little bit intimidated, and they don't like they don't like it because I think a lot of scouts and a lot of top top jobs people who are bringing rugby players through like the young boys to completely live off every word they say and idolise them. Um, I don't know if Will's. I, don't, he's, I think he's a really level-headed, good good boy. He's, he's got far more level-headed than I was. Um, mm. I don't know if it intimidates him a little bit having a, a dad who's done been there, done it. Um, because he didn't kind of get all the a lot of attention. He had to work really hard. He only had two clubs that came in for him, that Woodersfield and Wakefield, uh, and nobody else was interested. So it's not like everybody wanted him and he was some kind of young s- superstar prodigy. He's had to absolutely work his nuts off to get where he is. And I think a lot of that, I don't know if people are intimidated because he's not a good, he's not a bad lad. You know, he's good. He's a good kid. He's a nice boy. Yeah, um, yeah. You know, and if you're not worshiping these some of these scouts, then you know they don't, they don't want to know. Idiots. Yeah. <laughs> um, I mean, look. When, I imagine when Will was looking at the the family tree, he was thinking, "I'd be absolutely mental not to go into rugby league." Because Leon, your family has been absolutely blessed when it comes to, to rugby league you know rich history in the sport obviously your younger brother but cousins and and not just players but coaching brains as well within the price family yeah we, we, it's just part of our life flash will be exactly the same it's what we do is we go we, we train during the week monday wednesday friday tuesday thursday saturday morning and on sunday we play a game or we, and then we go to a rugby game so it's just natural progression my dad did it with me he did it on the weekend my brother, me and my brother did it eventually. My brother did it, went to Bradford and Wigan. And we and William's been brought up around that. So it's not like it's not like something we think about. It's just that's what we do when we sat down this afternoon watching telly. We watched that NRL 24-7 and we just sat and watched two or three games and sat and talked about players and players and he's going there. I might sound a bit sad, but it's what we enjoy. You know, it's just part that's of what, life. That's it's, what we do in my family. 
Yeah, just that's what we do. We just talk about rugby. We talk about who's going here, who's on this money, who's on that money. He's a good player. He looks like he could go there. Oh, boom. He's struggling at the moment. We're going to do this. And that's just part of his everyday talk, everyday life. It's, it's part of us. So we are. I mean, look, Leon, let, let's get on to those Bradford days because, I mean, you became the youngest player in Bradford's history at the age of 16. I mean, Will's got something to live up to there. He was two years in front of you, Will. Sorry about that. Uh, in 1998. <laughs> and then he went on to win every domestic honour, didn't he, Leon? At, at your hometown, your integral part of that, well, the, one of the most successful teams in, in Super League. The 2002, the 2004 World Cup Challenges, the, the 2003, 2005 Grand Finals, he won the Harry Sunderland Trophy as well. I mean, incredible, Keep incredible. Going, yeah. <laughs> There's a bigger list. I mean, that's just that's just the highlights, isn't it? But, you know, Mark, you remember watching the, that Bradford team and I imagine, Leon, you look, you think back and you, you will just take those memories to the grave with you. Yeah, it's, it's like, um, I, I, looking back now, now it's done, I'm dusted and I'm, I've walked around with one leg and I'm four, four stone overweight and <laughs> my body's absolutely ruined. I can look at back in them times now and just be, I, I think, feel very lucky. I'm very lucky because when I played for Bradford, we were getting 24,000 at home against Leeds. If you compare that to Super League nowadays, I mean, there were players that were coming over. There were Adrian Lamb, Andrew, Matty, Matty Johns, Renoff, the big players, some of the very, very big players, you know, Joe Vanganar at Bradford, Andy Paul, Robbie Paul, they were playing in Super League. So the competition back then, to play for Bradford Bulls with 18,000, your hometown stadium against Leeds or 24,000, you go to Edley on a Friday night and there'd be 20,000 there. I'm lucky I came through that area where you know, the profiles of some of the rugby lads back then, you know, your Andy Farrell's, Martin Fires, and and then eventually went on to like, you know, um, Skullthorpe's and Sean Long's. The profile, the, the sky and the fans and the package, it, it gave players a profile. And the competition back there were fantastic. Whereas nowadays, so it's kind of with COVID and everything that's happened, it's kind of dropped off a bit. So I just feel very lucky that when I came through from on my hometown team, there were top of Super League, winning trophies, the game was thriving. It was just about timing. I couldn't have had a better time to come through into that, into Bradford at all. Like if we're coming through now and playing for Bradford in first division with three, 4,000 fans, it won't be the same, would it? Mm. No. Mark, you just missed Leon, didn't you, at Saints, I think, by, by a year. But you obviously played against him and, you know, Leon had an incredible career at Catalan and Hull FC and finishing off, of course, back at Bradford as well. What was it like coming up against him? Well, actually, I came through at Bradford in those mid-2000s and left when I was uh, 18. So I remember training with and around Leon and all the superstars he, he spoke of. Um, I remember actually playing in an academy match in the under-21s. And one lad came with some new boots, with sparkling new boots, and they had William written on the side. And I was like, you're called Matt, why have you got William on your boots? He went, oh, they're Leon Prices. They don't fit him, so he's given them to me, and that's his son's name. And I was like, all right. So that, I've, I've known for a long time about Williams. So that was 2006, 2006 I think it was. Um, but to, you know, we, used to tra- we used to, back then, the young lads used to train against the first team and get, and get slapped mm-hmm. around, and we'd be holding tackling bags all day. But you know, to see some of the superstars and be around them was, was pretty special. And then playing against Lee, and he was, it was hard work to play against because he, he was so big and strong. He had this massive handoff that he just palm you off in the face and go past you most most times so um, you know t- to play against him was, was great and you know I think I think he got the better of me quite a few times to be honest I think back, I think back then though I think it was like it was I mean I remember Flash coming through at, at Bradford when a, when a young just a young kid 
And then when you when you're in and around it, like me personally, like you you're a different person, aren't you? You are from now or anyway, young, cocky, you know, you just what you're driven, you want to prove yourself. And and I think then like when you play against each other, like when Bradford when Saints and Wigan played against each other when you were at Wig when you were at Wigan or yeah, I think you played playing some really good rugby when you were at Wigan. Um you don't like each other, you're into each other, you want to smash each other. That's that's what it was. Mm. It's like we want mates, we don't we won't send each other messages no. on social media going, I do mate, you're all right, see it, we can good game, well played. It was. Yeah. Let's absolutely smash these lot idiots, no base. Yeah. Let's yeah. get into this yeah. pig. Yeah. Let's get into this prick and fuck. let's smash him. You know, let's let's, yeah. let's have it. It's not like you're not you're not showing each other respect. You've got respect, but you don't show it to them. Yeah. That's what we that's what our era were about. Yeah, and it's good for yeah. you. I think it's it's bred bred something in me that that competitive edge, that old school mentality, and you know, I think it might be lost a little bit in the game now. It's not not as much like that. I mean, we saw last week on Super League Bentley and John Bateman going at each other, and it was great. One of them, it's great, and that used to happen every week, whether it's Stuart Field and Barry McDermott or Barry McDermott against everybody every weekend. You know, there was that, that kind of confrontation, those like headlines that. That like narrative going into a game, it's him against him. Whereas now, I think it's it's a different sport, and uh, unfortunately, they, they, you know, they probably don't have those stories to kind of um, to to tell and to play during a match. But I remember, yeah, I got on the back of a few spray, sprays against Leon and the other lads, and just just that's just the game. That's just the game. You've got to get on with it and and play hard. Yeah, Leon, I know you you've talked about having a very different. You know, childhood to one Will's got now. Um, just, just tell us a little bit about that, and and also then sort of fast forwarding, I guess, to when you retired in 2017, because you you did have your struggles, didn't you? Yeah, yeah. Um, no, I, I grew up. My mum and dad were very, very working class. Never had much money. Two, three bedroom terraced house in Bradford, which is obviously quite a deprived area. Um, and everything that we've ever got, got in lives, we, we've, we've had to, we've all had to work damn hard for it. We've never been given a penny. We've not, we've not grown up with anything. So obviously it was a struggle for us growing up. We didn't we didn't go on you know luxurious holidays. We didn't end, well I think we went abroad once in my whole life, maybe twice, I think twice sorry, in my whole life. And yeah, we got it I'm not you know, it's not I'm not complaining. It grew it brought me up very grounded and made me the person I am today. And the difference is you know, I've grown up around rugby, being paid very, very well my whole career. So his, William's never had to, had to go without. He's always had whatever he wanted, which is what you want to do for your kids, isn't it? When you, when, especially when you've grown up with not much, you think to yourself, if, you, if you've ever got money, I'm not. I'm going to bring my kids up to have things that they want. I'm not going to go without things that they really, would really like, like we did. But it's just, it's just different, isn't it? It's just different, and yes, I, I wouldn't change it for the world. He, it's, William's story would be far different to what mine is as he's grown up. Yeah, mm. definitely. Yeah, I mean, look, I don't know how much you, you want to get into it and I don't know how much you two talk about it. So tell me to shut up if, if you don't want to talk about it, Leon. But you, I think it was quite public. You had, you know, some issues with drinking and I think you, you were in a, a pretty bad place having retired because you struggled with that transition out of the professional game into post-rugby life. Yeah, I just can't think it back of my mind. I always knew because I because I basically built my own, my own personality was rugby. I were always Leon. I've always been like Leon Price, rugby player and... I think for me it was a struggle giving that up and having no identity other than playing the game, um, and yeah, it just became. I didn't prepare for it. I didn't really know what I wanted to do. I, I, I always assumed I'd just stay within the game. I thought I knew that many people, and there's that many jobs out there within the game that I just 
automatically going to coach, you know, what have you. And I just didn't prepare for it. And then uh, when you had to, I had to, and then I didn't even think I'd finished playing. I mean, it got to a point where it was that bad, I just had to retire because that went on top of me. And just, yeah, just all got on top. Um, mm. um, and yeah, it was difficult, it was difficult. And because you're coming from a rugby mentality where you don't ever tell, you, you know, if you get hurt, you don't tell people. If you're in pain, you don't talk about it. You just get along with it and you try and mask it up and you get on with it. And I've, I've done that all my life. You know, I'm a very, very private person. I don't speak to anybody about anything in my life. And then when that all builds up and then you come to a new career and that's all built up, then it just, I just exploded. My brain exploded. I couldn't carry on carrying everything around me, what I want, we were carrying at the time. So yeah, it was difficult for a couple of years, but we're, um, we're over that now. Yeah. Good. Yeah. And I, and I know, and I know it's not all about ego, particularly when it comes to you, but I, I mean, Mark, you're experiencing this now because this is your first season having not played professional rugby league for however long. And Leon, was it was it like you know people when people aren't talking about you when you when you're not reading about yourself in the the rugby league pages when you're not seeing your, you know all the highlights of you scoring tries when people in the pub aren't talking about you anymore? I, I guess that's when the reality hits. When hold on, I've got another. I mean, you're still in your thirties now, so there's a there's yeah, a long I'm way to 40, go. In a month. Yeah. So, you know, yeah, I imagine that's the reality check, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It's, well, for me, for me, for me, the big thing is that one, like you were saying there, the identity of being this locally in Bradford, pretty well known, um, well known in the rugby circle. So you've got that kind of, it's, it's like a bit of a false ego, isn't it? It's, it's a character that you kind of build. And then um, also it was a coping mechanism. I think that's the big thing I've come to understand now is that any pressures through my life, whether that be financial, relationship problems, um, any issues that I had when I went and played rugby, that was my main coping me- mechanism. Once I got on that field, I became something else. And for eight minutes, I could be back whacked around. I could I scored a try, played well, crowded cheer one. But for them 80 minutes, once you come off that field, you feel like you did you, then I don't know, it's you've like justified yourself. I felt, I felt like everything, all the problems kind of went away. So when that big coping mechanism went, no, tra- no training, no physical activity, and then you couldn't play the game. I think that's when I didn't know. I didn't, and you, like you say, you could, you could drink more because you're not playing. You don't have to train, so you don't. It's not like you have to be up early training in the morning. I just got into a bad routine, and my coping mechanism had gone, and I had to find different strategies, a way of dealing with with life. Really, I think that's interesting what Liam says there because I think when you play sport, um, if you're dedicated and you, and you get to a top level. You have to absolutely immerse yourself in it. Your sport, rugby league, has to become your life. So if you do play well on a weekend and you have a good game, nothing else matters as much. That's why, I think that's why Leon was saying there, your coping mechanism, as long as that's going all right, that 80 minutes at a weekend, really, you feel like you can deal with everything else because that's not as important as 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 that 80 minutes and that match and achieving things and, and doing your team proud and doing it for, you, for, the, for the club. And I think that's that's one thing I've found is when you play a sport, that for every player in that team, the, the the highlight of the week and the most important thing of that week isn't the the, the relationships with the misses or seeing the kids as much or other stuff going on in their life. It's all about that match on a weekend. Yeah, I mean, look, Will, you're you're in such a great place, really, because you've got someone like your dad giving you this advice, having been there and done it, and look, as he said, made his own mistakes, which everyone's going to do in any any walk of life. And it seems weird that at the age of eighteen, we're talking about you thinking about post rugby life because it's all very much fresh and at the beginning, and it's so exciting for you at the moment. But I, I guess you've got your dad ramming that down your throat. I mean, the, he said earlier the best advice he could give you is keep your mouth shut and crack on with things. But he's also going to be looking out for you and telling you that you've got to have a plan 
B, C and D set up just in case? Uh, yeah, it's not not really just um, just him telling me, you know, I've seen it firsthand what it did to him when he, when he retired and um, what type of place he was in. And for me, especially when that went that when that were happening um it, it wasn't a nice thing to see so for me it's it's kind of like you, you don't really want to put yourself through that i know that um it must have been so, uh, a really uh, a really a real mental mental battle for himself and um to see him come out of it the other side it's it's proud for me um and the family to see how, how well he's doing now and um i think that just kind of makes you put everything into into perspective you know that rugby rugby's not going to last forever um if you're lucky, you might get a long 15 to 20 year career. If not, then you're done and you're looking, you're looking for work. So even now, you know, I've just finished, um, we've just finished a college college course that we do for Huddersfield. And um, two weeks after that, we were talking about, you know, university courses and degrees that we can kind of look at for me to get into, whether that's sporting or business or somewhere along the lines, of, some sort of education for me to look at um, so that when I'm, when I retire from rugby, hopefully if I have a good career and, and a long career, then, um, I'll have something to fall into and I won't have to worry about any financial problems or um, what, what, what's happening in my life at, at that moment because I'll have, I'll have things to fall back on and and, um, and set up for me through myself that um, which is which is the plan which is like Wilco and Flash have done you know and that's that's the example is that you know they've set up businesses coffee business are doing fantastic bakery business is doing well and I look at them guys and I just think that's, that's brilliant you know it's fantastic that they've got something in place and you realise when you get to 35, 6 and you retire, you're not even halfway through your life. You know, you think the rugby league's massive, you're not you've not even got halfway through your life. And it's it's something I didn't realise. And you know, I'm, I'm when I now when I look at say Mark, Wilco, any ex-players that are doing well for themselves, I'm absolutely buzzing for everybody because you've got another life to live. And I don't want to see anybody that's bashed their bodies and reds around for 15 years end up in, you know, in a bad, bad place. It's nice to see guys thriving. Uh, yeah, that's what I do. The one thing I, I was, it was when I was 16, 17, 18, I always did well at school, probably similar to Will, but um, there was a, probably a period, two or three years, where I had a couple of injuries and as as ambitious as I was at that age, there was a good chance I wouldn't have made it. So I, that's why I kind of stuck at my education for as long as I could until my rugby career kicked off. But, there's a good chance I might not have made it just due, due to not being good enough. So I had to kind of cover my ass there. And when I did set up my business, it's where, it was in 2000, uh, 2013 when John and I set up the coffee shop. I'd tore my cruise shit in my knee. Again, there's a chance you can't come back from that injury because it's pretty serious. So I had six months out and I kind of thought, well, I've got six months out of my ass here. I can either do something productive and try and set something up uh, for when I finish. Because I might finish next year, I might finish in 10 years. So... Um, I'd probably use that time that time well, but what I'd say to other players who are playing now is not wait till the end of the career, then decide what they want to do. Um, maybe just start, you know, thinking about stuff during the career, uh, and maybe do it simultaneously. Because that's one thing I found was I didn't stop playing rugby one day, then decide what to do the next. It was always kind of you know I did the two at the same time, and then one took put on the back burner, stopped playing rugby, then took the other one forward. And uh, I think for my mental health. It's been really important because, like Leon says, I don't feel like I've re retired. I feel like I've just changed jobs a little bit more. Mm. And Will, what was that like? Because you touched on it there and said it was difficult, you know, just being around the house. Because I imagine you would have been sort of 14, 15 when your dad hung up his boots. And I guess, you know, you just want to give him a big hug and sort of say, come on. But it's, you know, 
it's something I guess you will understand in, in 20 years time down the line. When you think that your dad had a 19 year playing career, I mean, that's your lifetime and another year on top. When you look at it like that, it's pretty mental. Oh yeah, definitely. And I mean, um, even being around like the rugby environment now, there's players that are coming to the end of their careers and they're start, um, setting businesses up and going through problems outside of rugby that <clears throat> they don't necessarily want to bring into rugby. But you can tell some some days they have good days, some days they have bad days and you want to try to help them as much as you can. So um, having that in your personal life, you want to you want to kind of, um, kind of help help him out as much as I could and like I said he's a very he's a very private person whether that's obviously within rugby or within himself and the stuff that it's not for me and him to talk about or, or that he might want to share with me and, and um, I, I suppose I were a bit I were a bit too young to really fully understand it there and there were things that were probably kept away from me but as I grew older and I start, started to really understand and we've spoke about it openly you know whether that's me and him or me and my, and my mum and, and sat down and spoke about stuff and maybe thought of plans that obviously it's, it's a learning curve and for him it's about what he could do then to get better and and, and slowly try to move on from that and, and which he has done luckily and, and um, for me for me it's just about really learning what what to do and what not to do, not to do. yeah what not to do yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> keep your head keep your head don't, don't lose it like your dad I love it. I mean, I mentioned that one of the bits of advice was keeping your mouth shut, but I know there's more to it than that. But what is the the, the best advice your dad's given you? That he, if, you, if you think on the spot, just enjoy it. I, I think in terms of rugby, you know, it's every week. He usually takes me to the game or takes me to training, and we'll speak about it um, in the car on the way over, or whether it's a day before the game, and hours before the game. If he sends me a text message or. Um, we're watching the game back. It's just enjoy it. Like like you say, you look rugby didn't last forever. So I think a lot of a lot of people, not just only in, but whether it's players that I'm playing with or played against, have, said, have kind of said the same thing about enjoy the moments that you're in now, and especially in your young career when you're coming through. This is one of the most enjoyable parts, and for me, that's what I've tried to do. It's been every week, whether I'm playing and I've, I've had maybe not my best my best game, or I've or I've happened to have a really good game. It's been about enjoying it because. I look at players that I'm I've played with in the academy not six months ago um, that are, that are die to be in my position now and and probably tear off an arm and a leg to just be where I am. So um, it's about just me being thankful and grateful and enjoying where I am. I guess at the same time, Will though you have to all you know, it's a balance for you right now, isn't it? Because everyone's sort of trying to keep your feet on the ground and because you're 18 and whatever, but people have had a glimpse of what you can do. And I guess you have to have, especially with the position that you play in as well, whether it's going to be fullback long term or not, it is you've got to have a bit about yourself, and you've and, and you've got to have that cocky side, and you've got to have that ego because that's that's the edge that you play on, isn't it? Yeah, definitely. I think I think it's mis- misjudged at times, um, like you mentioned earlier about like scouts and and parents or people who watch from the outside in. A lot of people viewed me as quite a cocky person, whether that were on the field on the field and how I played, but. Um, for me, it's more confidence. Um, and he spoke about it. He spoke about it from when I was younger. I remember him once saying to me, like, if you're not confident in yourself, who else is going to be confident in you? You know, you've, you've got yourself to back first. And for me, it's about, it's, it's about being confident and knowing in my own head that if I think that, you know, I can do, I can do this or I can beat him or I can, I, I can, I can make a change here. I can, I can do something different and I'm confident in myself then. It, it might come out as cocky at times, but that's just the way of, of going about it. And I think that if I wouldn't have gone about it the same way I have done, 
coming through and especially getting my debut and playing games. And if I hadn't been as confident as I have been, then I, I definitely wouldn't be in the position I am today. I think it's brilliant. I, if I was playing with Will and he was coming through and he had all this talent, but he wasn't prepared to back himself, I'd be in his ear telling him to be cocky, telling him to be confident. Obviously, he's a grounded kid. And, you know, it's. I think that on-field persona and off-field persona is very different. But for that 80 minutes, I'd tell him to be cocky as hell. Back yourself. Yeah, because he'd be one of the most... Talented. Difficult ball flashing though because like all you all you get in social media, especially in rugby league, is he's not humble. You know, watch him, make sure you're down to earth. Ooh, look at him, he looks a bit cocky. Look at him. You know, anybody that's a little bit brash, you always get pulled down. So it's a fine line. It's a fine line yeah. between yeah. being but confident. I think, yeah, but I think during the week, as long as you're not cocky, then if you go into Tesco's walking around like your shit don't stink, that's a bit different. <laughs> but I think on the field. When you've got all this talent and you need to kind of let it go and you need to back yourself, I think you can be a bit cocky and confident. But as long as it's it's not, you know, um, dripping into the other parts of your life where you know you might you might not sign someone's autograph or you know you talk to someone beneath perceived as being beneath you, like a piece of shit. Which 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 I know it's not like that, but but some people are like that, aren't they? And yeah, some yeah. people can can you know get get too in love with themselves and that confidence on the field can. Can 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 be put onto the, their own their own lifestyle, but I think as long as you, it's just for that eighty minutes or when you're at training, backing yourself, I think it's brilliant, especially for a playmaker. I mean, Will, what is it like? Because I, I've got so much respect for you, really. And I know it's, I'm not trying to belittle you by saying, "Oh, you're only 18," because you're a man and you're doing what you're doing. But you know, there's so many 18-year-olds now who've got their, and we've talked about this with Wilco, their head fucking stuck in a computer game all day long, and they've never set foot outside. You know, to be doing what you're doing is is absolutely incredible, and to have the pathway there, you know, I guess it's almost like only you can make this not work. Now it's down to you, and obviously, you know, getting the opportunities and so on. But you are in. The, the age and the culture of social media which your dad wasn't and and it's a very very different world isn't it and that is such a huge part whether we like it or not of being a sportsman or a woman in this modern age yeah yeah definitely I think um, it come I think it kind of influences right from the call like you were saying when, when him and Flash were coming through about you kind of hated each other and it's sort of gone out of the game now you know with with social media and stuff you, you like you're following each other on Instagram you're seeing what each other's posting Half at times you, you see each other out or um, you might see each other at like a shopping centre, whether that's local or, or if you're going far away. You see each other and, and because you know each other through rugby, you, you kind of, you, you speak to each other. And I know there's players for, in the Super League when, like, when I made my debut or like you saw Sam Tompkins come up to me and shut me hand. Like it's people, I guess, kind of, kind of just try to be nice and, and try to um, maybe give you a message just, just to try and, and make sure you're, you know, you, you're kind of enjoying where you are. So I think n- now it's a bit different. I think everybody wants to have their own persona about them, whether that's on social media or on their Instagram and taking photos of them out and about with loads of people and and um, kind of showing off. But, um, you know, there's, there's players that, like for me, especially coming through, like I've got I've got all social medias and I'm on Twitter and Facebook and Instagram every day and um, seeing what everyone's doing. But... You know, realistically, outside of that, my my life's quite boring. You know, I don't I don't go out. I go out rarely. If I'm if I'm going out, it's to go out for something to eat, or you know, I'm I'm um, going to watch a movie or going to the cinema. I'm, I'm not. I don't go out and I don't drink. I don't go out to nightclubs. You know, um, and I, and I'm not not the most social butterfly. But that's just because I know what I want to do and where I want to be in in ten years time, five years time. So um, for me, it's the dedication part. It, it doesn't really come hard. Whereas some other players can can find it quite hard because. 
you know, you see you see photos of all your mates putting on social media, you see your mates going out every, every weekend and going to festivals like Leeds Fest this weekend and and people going to nightclubs every weekend um, and drinking and people want want to do that and that's no, I'm I'm not a person to judge. You know, you can, you, you can do what you want, but for me, it's never been like that. So, I guess for, you can kind of see where people come from. You know, through 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 social media and how it can sort of take people off track, definitely down the line. Mm. It's it's a fine line, Mark, isn't it? Because look, I'm, I, I've interviewed so many Premier League footballers who had it all when they were kids. You know, at, at Will's age, eighteen, nineteen, twenty, they get that contract, and I know the money's completely different. But I'm just you know I'm comparing it in terms of you're talking about a Premier League footballer who even at that age would be on 20, 30 grand a week. And then, you know, they're buying the flash cars, they're out shagging, they're doing this and they're sticking stuff on Instagram and all things, all things you want to be doing as a kid. Let's face it. But there is what that... But I mean, Will, that's what you've got. You, you, you do, you have to enjoy it because, you, you know, you can't just be, because you'll go absolutely crazy, stir crazy if you just, if it's military, you've got to have some time to release and, and to let all the steam off and so on. But you've got someone in your corner there to your right hand side who is telling you, look, don't make this mistake. Don't do this, which is which is amazing, amazing advice to be able to have in your position. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think um, there's been times in my life where I've probably not been as dedicated as I should have been. And that's that's no fault of my own. You know, just me um, maybe switching off at times. And I've had a rough period, like six months at a time where I've kind of switched off and maybe not been as dedicated as I had. And, and um, eating bad foods and not training as much, but it's about, you know, like you said, reining it back in for me and keeping me grounded and telling me and 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 telling me what I need to do. And you know, there's like I still go and enjoy myself. Um, like still go and go out and enjoy myself. Whether that's to go go grab some treat. Like played last night and went and saw saw my mates from amateur who I still hang about with now. Um, but they they know I might not see them. I might not see them for another couple of weeks now because I'll be training every other day and 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 I, and I won't go out. I won't go out on weekends, whether that's because I've got the game next day. But you know, he, he he's told me about it ever since I've grown up, and he'll tell me what what I kind of need to need to do and and not to do this and not to make mistakes. And um, but at the end of the day, it's what I do, and he could say as much as he wanted to if I if I chose to do something else and happen to, happen to, happen to get myself in trouble. You're that's getting that's trouble, getting, you're getting knocked out, lad. <laughs> He's got, I, he's got. He's got. He's not got a choice. He's, of he's, he's not got a choice. He's, he's got. I, I know that I've. Um, listen, uh, I want. I want. A, I want a good trainer. I want. I were a rubbish trainer. But back in my days, you, you could just play. You could play if you were a good player. And you had the talent, which I did. You could get by. My talent took me so far. But if I'd have been more dedicated into my training, into recovery, into that, from well, there were no sports science back in my day. We, you know, that didn't come in for the last five years of my career, but. I know I could have achieved far more than what I did. You know, people would always say to me, oh, Leon, you've had a brilliant career, you've done this. And I, was, I always think, yeah, yeah, oh, thank you, I appreciate it. But I know I could have done far better than what I did. I could have been a far better player. I got the athleticism the athleticism, and, and rugby knowledge to be a go and be one of the best players in the world over a long period of time if I had a trainer dedicated himself fully. Not got, I got a bit carried away myself when I was at Bulls, thinking, better than, thinking how better than what I was. I don't want him to make a mistake. I know if you, I don't want him to finish his career and have regrets like I have. I still sit in regret, not fully dedicating my life to rugby, you know. And I don't want him to have that made that mistake. If he keeps on now, keeps on it and keeps driving and driving and driving, when he's 34, 35, luckily, God willing, he can sit back on his career and go, you know what, I've got the maximum out of my career. 
I didn't get the maximum yeah. out of my career. No, it's always true. I could have got far more out of my career, far more. But that's a great regret. When I look in that mirror, and it's only you, you can't lie to yourself. I say, Leo, did you do best you could? No, I didn't. I could have done far better if I'd have fully dedicated my life to the game. And I don't want him to have that mistake. If he can just sit and go, I'd give my everything, and, I, and I've given a lot, and that's what it is, I know he'll be, he'll be okay. Well, that's a scary prospect, given everything that you won and that list, which I'll probably still be reading out had you not stopped me, Leon, about 20 minutes ago. Uh, I mean, you did all right. You did bits, as they say these days. I mean, look, say, Will, say that you, you, you do everything that you can and you put everything into rugby league that you possibly can. How, in 20 years' time, when you're 38 years old, do you want to be looking back on, on your career? I mean, we mentioned the stuff that your dad won. Surely it's, it's aiming for the stars. It's winning Harry Sunderland trophies. It's winning the biggest titles in the in the sport oh oh yeah definitely i mean um you know when i when i was younger watching him play like he's lucky enough for him he's played at, then at bradford and then at saints which were two of the best two teams of that time um so for me watching it were like almost like um to be winning super league nearly every other year and, and being grand finals and um, being challenged that's the that's the norm but you know i've I've uh, now realising how actually hard it is to get into a grand final and how hard it is to get into a championship final and how long seasons are and how, how um, bad your body feels after games and um, how quick turnarounds are for different games and you realise how how tough it is to be. So for me, I'd, I'd love to to win everything that he's won and, and, and go and win grand finals and challenge cups and, and, I, and now I realise how lucky that is. So, you know... Um, yeah, of course. Any kid who, who who wants to be a rugby player and, and and gets brought up around the sport and and is lucky enough to play, it wants to win everything. And for me, I've always been a competitor and I've always wanted to win. So even to win one, never mind however many years, one would just be it'd just be nice, you know. And well, what what position do you see yourself playing? What's your favourite um, position? Uh, well, for me, for me, probably fullback. I mean, obviously, getting the opportunity to play halfback in Super League, I'd. I, I'd play any position, whether that were wing, centre, fullback, um, halfback. I'd play anywhere, but long, long term, hopefully, if I can develop right, it'd be to, to move into fullback. And like nowadays, you see, um, you know, the fullbacks like Tom Trebojevic and James Tedesco, Sam Tompkins, um, even young ones like Nia Levels and, and and the young boys coming through. Fullback is starting to be like the prime position, the money position, and that's where I want to. That's where I want to be, you know. Um, and I suppose. Uh, uh, being 18 and playing Super League at halfback that can only help it more you know instead of just being a ball a runner um, having the experience of having ball handling skills at Super League level and an organisation skills and stuff it, it, it can only help it so um, I'm obviously like to play any position I'm not bothered but for me to move forward I'm hoping to play fullback at some point and which players like you mentioned you mentioned a few though do you look at and go yeah, I wouldn't mind being a bit. I know you want to be your own player, but which which plays kind of inspire you and kind of you know you really look to as 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 a top top in the game at that position. Um, well, obviously it's hard, you know. Like for me, like watching the most exciting players that are going to do something crazy or create something, like Latrell Mitchell and and Tom Trubovich, You know, you watch them and you think, wow, you like I, I want to be able to do stuff like that. And Tom, maybe, Tom, Tomkins over here. No, Tom over over here. One hundred percent Tomkins. You know, like the the stuff he's doing. Not so like not um, so much on the ball. It's more off the ball. When I watch him play, like uh, when I made my debut against Catalan, I went and watched that game back maybe three or four times. When I come on and we're watching, they they, they happen to go down like eleven to twelve men, and some of the stuff that he were doing, whether that were counting his numbers and putting defensive players there, it were ridiculous. And then on the flip side, when he's attacking, you know, he's breaking tackles, stepping people, and 
and and and I'm watching him doing that every week. So it's kind of looking at what he's doing and and probably try to just take take stuff from his game and and, and add it into mine. Yeah, I mean, uh, my my piece of advice for what it's worth is just don't end up playing Waterboy like Mark Flanagan for the last couple of years. I think he did he did more miles on that that bike on the side than Bradley Wiggins in four or five Tour de France's. But William, William I was an in, well, I, a Challenge Cup final. I was an impact. I was an impact player like Joe Vagana and Paul Anderson that Leon you know, Price played with. <laughs> Look, Mark, tell Will what it's going to be like because Magic Weekend's coming up, playing in St James's Park. I mean, stadiums like that, incredible. And, and from a Newcastle fan's point of view, Mark, as well, you were, weren't you? Yeah, I was a Newcastle fan as a kid. And um, I think one thing I noticed the first Magic Weekend I played in, because they've always been in big stadiums, is the enormity of it, you walk out, maybe at the captain's run or before the match and just look around and see, you know, the, the, the size of the stadium. Uh, and I think it's just a really good, um, like, carnival atmosphere. You see clubs, fans from every club there, everyone's in good spirits. Um, and it's just a really enjoyable weekend. I'd just say, um, just breathe it all in, take it in and enjoy it. And, you know, if you if you manage to get a win up there, it's, it's a great journey back with, with all the boys. How exciting is that going to be, Will, walking out at St. James's? Oh, yeah, I can't wait. You know, first um, real big crowd. You know, I played, I, lucky enough, I played at Edinburgh when when Rob were there and Rob come out before the game and there were 10,000 10, fans there and, and I were amazed just by that. So, um, look, if I'm lucky enough to play this weekend, a magic weekend, and, and um, we get a good performance and we get a win, it's, it's going to be something you're probably not going to forget for your, for your career and, and playing on a stage like that in front of so many fans. Just um, really excited and can't wait. Get the get the Alan Shearer celebration going when you when you cross over to do that in front of the in front of the Gallagher. No, your dad's not having any of that. Go, go on, Leon. What, I mean, no. you, you played quite a few <laughs> quite a few Magic weekends. Leon, did, Leon didn't even celebrate tries, did he? He was just just sort of went back and kicked off again. But uh, Magic special, isn't it, Leon? It is. Yeah. Um, to, to be honest, we are. This might sound a bit. I don't know. I don't. I can't speak my truth, but. Uh, 18, my 18th birthday, I played at Old Trafford in front of 8,000 people. Not many people get that um, privilege, privilege. So f- for me, I played in massive games at 18, huge games. So eventually then when Magic came around, it was like anything from that is kind of down. Like I played at Twickenham against Australia for England in the World Cup in 2000. 80,000 people in a World Cup game against Wendell Saylor on one wing and Rogers on the other wing and Andrew Jones and like so to do that at 18 he's, he kind of only way he can go is down so the time Magic came around for me I I, don't, I just kind of overlooked it but for William Wills and people like him he'll never played in a 70 you know 50, 60, 70,000 stadium so you've got to take these moments in first time in front of a big crowd you know played 9 or 10 games now starting to get your foot fold into the team the team just had a good win at weekend we had a good, good result against OKR yesterday so he can really go out there and enjoy himself, enjoy it and take it in, soak it in the occasion and play some good rugby. Will, I love this school of tough love from your dad. He's just like, oh, when I was 18, I was doing this. Get back in your fucking box, son. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, he, remi- he reminds He's me about it all the time. You know, I'm sitting here and I'm listening to you talk to you a lot about it, but it's what I experience every other day. So. I just think, what we'll forever forget about it. No, so yeah, you, that's what it reminds me. It's all time reminders, so... You guys only hit it for an hour, but I, I get it 20, 25, um, 25, 8, so. 
It's one of them. <laughs> well, look, it's, I think it's working, mate. I think whatever he's doing is working, or whatever you're both doing, something's working. Um, I mean, Leon, I've heard you and tell me if I'm wrong. You know, it was only a couple of years ago you were doing a bit of coaching when you at Workington, yeah. and you said that maybe your coaching career is kind of on the back burner because you want to be going and watching Will play every week. You know, you want to be involved in in his life and in his career. Um, I mean, is that still the case? I mean, surely the dream job for you would be getting Bradford Bulls into Super League, wouldn't it? Oh, oh, oh. Jesus, I don't know if you'd like to see that. I think my head, my head couldn't take coaching Bradford Bulls. If you know, I've, I've, um, I've only just found my head again. I'd, I'd be losing it in about two seconds if I took over them. What? <laughs> um, no, I just, I think like when you, when, like Flash was speaking about before, when you're a rugby player, you're very selfish and uh, there's been lots of time. You've got, you know, all you think about is how you are, when you, where's your next meal coming from, getting ready for the game. You know, sometimes there'd be times when I probably won't even speak to Wills or my wife or the other kids. It's like, all I'm bothered about is that game. Day before the game, don't speak to me. Day of the game, definitely get out of the room. Don't, you know, get out of the house. I'm getting ready for a game. And it's very selfish and very insular. So now it's like, it's not my, it's, I've had my time. I want to go, I want to, like, last night were brilliant. I went with my wife and my other two kids. We just sat in the stadium like a normal rugby fan. And sat and watched him play and cheered him on and, I've had my time. I've, you know, I've missed weekends. I've been away. I've lived in, been away and, and on weekends. Missed lots of his amateur rugby because I'm playing games. And I just think, you know, it's, it's, I know how important it is for, for him, for me to be there. So if I'm not working or I can get there, I'll be there every game, every single game. Because my mum and dad were every game I played all my career. So I'll always be there at his games, always. Brilliant. Well, look, it's been so good speaking to you too. And um, I mean, it is such a great story, Mark, isn't it? When when you think of what Leon's done in his career and and the, the exciting potential ahead for Will. Yeah, it's brilliant. And I've like I said, I've only managed to catch a few of Will's games, but he's obviously an exciting player. He's he's tough, he's skillful, he's got everything. And I think, you know, with Leon having lived and breathed it all and made some mistakes and made some massive successes, he's got someone um, just to teach him and, and not hold his hand, but just be there for him along along the journey and offer advice where it needs to be. So, you know, I'm really excited to see how Will progresses and, you know, I think it's going to be a great story. Yeah, and look, it's a lesson to people like me. He's only, Leon's only 18 months older than me and he's got an 18-year-old son ripping it up in Super League and I've got nothing. <laughs> I reckon, no one. I reckon you've got a few 18-year-olds knocking about, Will. Probably, <laughs> yeah. Probably yeah. don't know about that. That's what will happen. There'll be a couple of 18-year-olds and they'll be successful and they'll have no idea who I am and I'll find out that I am their father and I'll be knocking on their doors saying, look, hey, I'm going to join the journey now. I'm just going to be the Klingon. I'll be coming to all the stadiums watching you watching you play. That's the only hope I've got. Listen, boys, so good to, to speak to you. Um, will, have a great weekend in Newcastle. Doesn't sound like you're going to be tearing it up afterwards, but I can tell you a few spots to go there. What was that place called, Mark? The Boat? Was it, do you remember the boat, the club that was on the river? I... That was I wouldn't place, be doing about any yeah. of those nightclubs. Well, yeah, I remember, oh, I remember well, that. Well, I'm not sure, sure. You remember that? That was the place. Um, have a great weekend. Have a great season, Will. And I hope it all works out for you, mate. And we'll speak again soon. Cheers, Cheers guys. Thank you. Cheers, guys. There we go. That was uh, Leon and Will Price. Uh, Magic coming up this weekend. We'll have another podcast for you with with John Wilkin, that stranger who's going to be back with us, I think, next week. So um, download it wherever you get your podcast. Give us a little follow on Twitter at Out of Your RL, and we'll see you next time. Bye. 